Hey guys, this is Jesus and I want to thank the following Patreon listeners. Alice, Daniel Allardyce, Kevin Smith, Night Spider, Paul Parten, Colin Matter, Jay Booth, Go313, Michael Merwin, and Call Me Ishmael. Thanks for helping these slayers do what they do best. Mm-hmm. And he turns to the bartender. By the way, can you keep this behind the jar, kind of like uh, behind the bar, and and, and shoves that the the jar with the. Uh, Don't open it. It just needs a week. Uh, uh, all right. I mean, it's is it alive? It's moving. So it's getting pickled. But it already has a pickle. Well, yes. That's. It takes. T- have you never pickled a thing? Do you not know how to pickle things? Bar. I have plenty of pickles. I can give you a pickle if you want to pickle something. Yes, it has a pickle because that's what it should aspire to. <laughs> the next person that says pickle will get dueled. There's a silence, and then from the tentacle here. <laughs> don't my see you in don't don't, pickle. <laughs> don't fall for his provocation. It's a wily one. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Fanable Podcast Network, where we dive into the world of Slayers. And I'm here with the Fanable crew to be these monster hunters in a world where they live in a city that stretches on into the horizon and beyond. A city where districts appear and disappear at strange intervals, where no one that pops into the city knows where they came from, but just exist here in a place where different districts of the city can be wildly different from each other, as if they come from different worlds entirely. But there is, in the strange city, one commonality. This is a city where monsters sometimes roam in its, in its side streets and dark alleys. And to save the people in these cities, to stop them from causing problems, they hire people known as slayers, individuals from various backgrounds who come together to hunt these monsters for various reasons, usually just cash. In this particular section of the city, we go off to a place specifically called Slayer's Row, a small section of the cities where the various slayers, or less large community of them, sort of live and work, where they get there to get their jobs or study or buy or sell from each other. And in this city, the particular part of the city, there's different areas where the Slayers can be at any given moment. We go through Slayer's Row, through numerous stalls of people selling wares, people, uh, other people, most of them maybe Slayers themselves who go to different parts of this vast city to uh, basically fight monsters for cash. All of them look armed in strange ways, some with weapons, some with muskets and different types of weaponry. And we go to one group of small buildings that seem to be interconnected with each other. A particular part of the city called the Blade Academy, where people who want to study blade work come to basically study the blade. And you see numerous individuals, some with rapiers, some with claymore, some with with all types of various weapons from different areas and different blacksmiths who basically learn the art of the blade from this place and basically go on to serve as possibly security for rich nobles, uh, work for the guard, or some people work as slayers. Now, most people, uh, when they take this position, uh, when they go to the academy, are able to afford going to the academy. A few people can't. But thankfully, the Blade Academy has a program to help these unfortunate souls, where they basically allow them uh, to work off their debt for doing minor jobs, uh, for the Blade Academy. So uh, coming in finish, uh, coming in to finish off their job, we have uh, Billy. Billy, 
tell us about your character and what are you doing for the Blade Academy? Yes, uh, there is a man. Uh, the camera travels through the academy until it gets to a single door. And as uh, somebody knocks a knuckle against it, you hear a very annoyed voice saying, please enter or kill me. Either one, I don't care. And the door opens up and there is Mercutio Von Misbrinro. Uh, Ms. Brinro, and he is a man that uh, I guess, you know, if uh, uh, nationalities were a thing, is very French looking, uh, very three musketeers, like he has the hat with the feather, he has the boots with the flaps, he has the tunic, and he's sitting there and a, a squire walks up to him and hands him another uh, scroll and he's like, oh, not another one. And he unrolls it. He's like, why do I have to name everything in this neighborhood? Okay, call this one the Slaymore. Um, and th this this street will be called um, Slayers Avenue. <laughs> and um, this is the dark alley. We'll call those Blades in the Dark. <laughs> uh, that, that'll do. And he finishes off writing, stands up, and then the another squire walks in and dumps a bunch of other scrolls into him. He's like, why did I get naming duty? I'm so bad at this. <laughs> Okay, uh, the sleigh maker is called. Um, well, there we go. Sleigh maker. <laughs> oh, oh, no, there, I, I got one for this one. This is for the cook. Slave to my oven. No, that sounds very uh, gives the wrong messages. Just call it the sleigh market. Um, <laughs> can I go now? Oh, no, not another squire. And he sits down and just keeps on working on the names. And after 30 minutes of more name making, you're finally able to escape uh, before another squire comes in with another, some more paperwork and you head off towards the local tavern of all slayers, the Slayer While. Oh, that, 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 my, one of my best names yet. <laughs> Slayer While. <laughs> we go from the Blade Academy and one very disgruntled namer across uh, to a small shop called Bliff's, Bliff's Boutique with a large cursive uh, sign in cursive with flashing lights that if you were in a cyberpunk setting, you would say would be, say some sort of like techno neon. You go in and the Bliff's Boutique is a shop that seems to have a variety of objects that have no real, you, you wouldn't think of a good theme to describe his shop. It's just random stuff that he's perhaps collected, stolen, arrived mysteriously. No one really knows. Blythe doesn't explain. But there's always random objects and there's always a little nugget you can find no matter where you look. And searching through for items to basic to uh, perhaps enhance your gun, we see Angela. Angela, describe your character and what are you looking for? Uh, hi, everybody. I am playing Jayla Millwood, who is a short and like, a sturdy, we'll call her sturdy uh, sort of, of person uh, who is carrying a, a rather intimidating gun on her hip. And she is poking around through the, the different uh, bins, I think is the best way to describe it. And there really is no organizing system other than does this fit in this bin? Uh, so she's going through it, discarding a lot of things out of hand, pausing and looking closer at others as she is attempting to find um, a new uh, a new grip for her, her weapon, the one at her hip. It looks a little worn in some ways. It looks like it's very well fitted to her hand, but you know, that's not part of your gun. You want failing or feeling awkward at any point. 
Okay. And as, yeah, as you're looking through the pile, like I said, it's just random. Uh, some would be grips for uh, a, a gun, perhaps a musket. One you swear is like a blunderbuss. Nothing for your specially built revolver, which is one of the newer type weapons out there that you're able to handle. Uh, but as you feel around, you do feel something that sort of sparks you for a second. And then you just try it at a different angle, you put it up, and it looks like it does look like a grip. But it seems to spark with electricity every once in a while. Not magical electricity, is it? As far as you can tell, not magical in nature. Okay, then I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Jayla um, picks it up and she tosses it kind of uh, hesitantly in her hands a couple of times. And you know, one or two times it shocks her, but it's not consistent. Uh, so you know, maybe there's something inside that's not connected quite right but it's it's curious and she wants to learn more so she's uh she's gonna grab that and like a couple other pieces of junk so it's not showing that what she's particularly interested in as she goes to uh purchase this and she kind of lays it out on the counter and she's like i don't know the currency here she's like 10 for all of it uh blythe is a, a large return uh dark skin man's like oh well let me take a look uh this this and he's he picks at the item oh <sighs> Uh, I'll give you half off. What did I? Uh, well, I just said for free, whatever. Uh, and just a random bunch of stuff puts together and just shoves in your direction. That works. Thanks as yep. always. Nope. All right. And as you uh, walk off, uh, the camera zooms in on that little well, sort of grip. And you look at it as like, it says, what is it? Like cyber industries. Yep. The camera zooms off from Blythe's Boutique towards an area of Slayer's Row where these there are what looks like dozens of stalls. And as you look, you would think this may be like a, a section of the, of the city where, where the butchers are basically selling off their wares. But these are, this isn't a place where you, where you buy pigs or, or cows or anything of that sort. As you look deeper, you see the parts of monsters, creatures slain or found dead that is brought to this place to be cut down and sold into its constituent Part into sold into his parts. I can speak words good. And basically, yeah, sold. You can find the hand of a troll, the leg of a werewolf, the the heart of this creature, stuff that's boiled down into substances that can be sold to alchemists. And walking through this section, looking for items to enhance his spellcraft, we find flesh markets. I mean, I assume that our our arcanist, a uh, one's James Forsyth. Uh, six feet tall and not full of muscle, uh, mostly just skin, bones, and 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 outfit. Uh, you, you ever seen that movie, uh, uh, Dark Man, uh, where you know he's just basically it's it's a little bit like that, except you know he's his, at least his face and his hands are not covered in in ragged bandages or anything like that. But otherwise, uh, he he does not look reputable. Um, he's got dark circles under his eyes, and he is currently uh, sniffing what appears to be a tentacle. Um, and going like, no, no, I, I specifically said they had to be pickled, 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 pickled. It this is, is pickled. pickled. It's next to it's a pickle. pickled. It's pickled. It's not pickled. Look at it. He holds it and the tentacle itself is like, it's still wriggling. Does this look pickled to you? It's alive. It says, as, as the tentacle like, That's, that is pickled. He, you see the guy, a large guy, look, pick up a pickle and put it on the, you put it, he puts it on the tentacle and the tentacle grabs it. See, it has a pickle. That's all right. You know what? Throw in the pickle and maybe. Deal. Yeah, <laughs> a transaction is made. <laughs> yeah. And getting your non-pickled pickled uh, tentacle, you head off to the Slayer Wild. 
Yeah, and as I as I walk, I'm trying to see if I can stuff the thing into the pickle, figuring maybe you know through through uh, uh, the transitive property, <laughs> um, it will it will it'll work either way. Not very good at this. And we go to the one of the most important places in Slayer's Row, Slayer Wild, where people can listen in for jobs. As the camera zooms in to a a, a a very wide two-story building. Going inside, you see the usual hubbub of a tavern, numerous tables, with numerous tables uh, in a large circular space. Uh, the number of tables maybe between a half a, uh, a dozen to maybe 20. And with numerous uh, waitresses and numerous, at least two bars on either side where people are just handing out drinks. And at, at the other end from the door, you see a massive wall with what looks like various uh forms and posters with uh new some of them new some of them rather old with looks like random jobs for what looks like slayers can take at a moment's notice to try to get paid and in one corner by himself with a large pack stacks of books around him is a individual with his eyes in the books who do we see oh you see um gregory regal Ignatius Delrong, which is uh, <laughs> charmingly uh, con- concealed or uh, it's condensed into a grid, as uh, my associates call me. I am a uh, squat African American. I am a squat black man uh, who uh, has a uh, Losing a little bit of his hair, but is gaining in uh, in uh, 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 proliferation of his uh, literature as it goes on. Age gives us perspective, and it takes away certain things of vanity and uh, everything that's lost in my uh, physicality is gained in my confidence that I am absolutely right and in this particular circumstance i know that i am absolutely right for this job here uh excuse me sir uh, bring that uh bring that that course down and uh hand me the literature i would like to peruse it uh, whilst i uh, have a, a, a libation uh, you say to a couple of feet away, cleaning a glass, you see the massive, uh, 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 you wouldn't necessarily call him an ogre, but he's a, just a really large man that some so Slayer almost attacked once because he thought it was an ogre uh, looking at you. Uh, and he looks at the, the massive board. Sure, just let me finish this glass. Sizz. As he looks at the stacks of glasses behind him, I'll be with you any second. I appreciate that. And he takes out a takes out a doesn't take out coin. He takes out the equivalent of the IOUs of the exchange that he's in and slides it across the table and puts a stone on it. A stone that is from a very specific uh, type of shore that is exclusive to a very specific type of job that was done a year ago. 
that had to do with recalling a ship and looting it for all it was worth. And it's a smooth stone with a green gem in the center that glows as he puts it down. Perhaps uh, forgo your otherwise uh, decent intentions as an employee and uh, hand me that ledger. You see the bartender look down at that coin, stop his the squeaking of him cleaning the glass, look up at you, give me a few minutes. And he gets a ladder. And as he's getting his la- the ladder, your three compatriots start to walk in to sit near you. Hmm. Who wants to come in first? A Mercutio, a Mercutio walks in and he spots Grid and he says, oh, finally, some company worth my time. Grid, order me one, yes. And he walks over and this flops down next to him. Something surprised me, uh, you know, be alcohol or poison, whatever will numb the mind so they will not no longer abuse it at the Blade Academy. Of, of course, my, <laughs> oh, my sweet boy, I would absolutely love to uh, do so. And uh, once the bartender's done from uh, climbing up there in a very unwise position. Oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. Careful now. I believe there's a strong wind coming in from the door. Oh, yeah. Mercutio looks at it, looks towards uh, uh, Grid, and then pulls out a couple coins and puts it down on the bar. <laughs> and if you look at the bar, there's notches in it. And it's like one in, uh, one feet, two feet, three feet, four feet, uh, and so on and so forth. And he p- moves his coin to six feet. That's where he's, a, he's going to assume the man will fall. <laughs> By the way, if anyone wants to get a visualization of who my character is, it is a uh, African-American or black version of Blanche from um, <laughs> from Golden Girls. <laughs> That's who I'm trying to play right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And as you place your bet, who comes in next? Okay. Jayla uh, comes in takes in the scene of the very precarious bartender, sees... Oh, sees her compatriots doing nothing to help and decides that she's not going to stick her neck out. So she's just going to sit down next to him. What are the, what are the odds? Well, currently, currently Mercutio is betting on six feet in which uh, Newton will uh, take order. Uh, I'm going to guess at uh, six and a half and he slides um some of the more paper product and uh, just drops another glowing stone on it. I'm going to say six and a half because I have faith in this man. What about you, Jayla? Jayla's going to eye it. She says, I don't think he's even going to make it to six. Ooh, well, I will cover your bet and say five and a half. And I drop a couple more papers with a little gleaming stone, just a little one, and then slide it on to five and a half. Yep. And in comes. And uh, yeah, around that time, the door opens and in backs in rather than walks in uh, James. Uh, he is, he is uh, carrying what appears to be a, a large jar that is kind of sloshing back and forth and he kind of just backs towards the table as if he knew where he was going he's not really looking but eventually ends up and then it bumps against the table up there you all are just a second turns around 
plunks the jar in. It's a large jar of pickles in which a, what appears to be a, a, a live yet single tentacle is just thrashing about inside, just doing things to the pickles. And he's like, yeah, it needs a week or two, but it should do. What are we? And then looks over at the bartender. All right, cut me in on this action. All right, well, uh, Mr. Mercutio has him at six feet. I have him at six five. Uh, Jayla has him at five five. What is your wager, sir? He has barely climbed the ladder, maybe six feet if he is a day. Uh, One six step, inches if two he is step, a day. three step, rest. Okay, it's, it's like a WWE ladder match. It's <laughs> like he doesn't understand how ladders work. So put your bet in. You know, everybody needs somebody to believe in them. So I'm going to say seven. Seven? Well, then, would you be willing to bet one of your pickles for that? I would if you can rest it up. Nope, never mind. No pickles left. Pickle juice. Would you like some one pickles worth of pickle slurry? I'll take a uh I'll take a small cup, large cup of pickle juice for your bet. Sold. And he takes out uh and grid takes out a ledger from his inside pocket, takes out a pencil from nowhere <laughs> just like like a real like a david copperfield flick of the hand writes down one mason jar of pickle juice s- just slides it out from the uh from the booklet slaps it down and then puts it over all of the other bits so they are now like linked up they are now um lengthwise for what uh for what their bets are so smallest to largest what we're going to do is I have a D6 here. One to six, mm-hmm. he falls way out of your range. Mm-hmm. And then two to five is going to be one of your choices. Starting okay. from lowest to highest. Cool. Five and five feet. Sorry, five and a half. Uh, the Jayla at five and a half is like, I got, I got the, uh, no, no, and he starts no, to no I try harder. Oh, and he falls it. to the floor and he falls. The piece of paper flutters up into the air and lands on the table. Uh, of course he would fall right then. You know, though, that's not the nastiest fall once. I actually saw a, an undertaker uh, fall through the cell, plummet 16 feet through <laughs> in an ounce's table. <laughs> that's to just shut it all down. That's it. We're not going to get any better God, than that tonight. Billy, I desperately I, was like, I was desperately typing. I love like, you. Yeah. This ongoing fucking gimmick of our entire friendship. <laughs> so yeah, so the piece of paper flutters down right in the, on the table where all of you guys are sitting. I've been reading the entire day. So somebody else read, please. Not Greg, Jayla. She has a more of a soothing tone. Well, shoot. All right. All right. Jayla picks it up. You pick up the piece of paper and you dick read. <laughs> it's just a dick butt. <laughs> you pick up the piece of paper and read. And it's uh, basically a call for aid from someone named Polly. Someone who works at a ship called uh, a small shop called Polly and Andy's. In the underground. Now, as you know, the city itself is an ever-expanding city. 
uh, with differing districts that come from most people assume different worlds. No one no one actually knows, because as I mentioned before, people who pop in don't know where they came from. But each district is so different. You, people assume they come from different worlds entirely. But the underground is different. The underground in each district usually is entirely different. It's people who, let's say, the more criminal elements hang out. That's underneath the main, usually multiple districts at a time. So you would have to go underneath uh, your current district, probably a, a little farther off from the Slayers, go down some, what in another world might have been sewers, but it's now just passages towards the underground where people live in differing houses and different, and there's different types of uh, stores and taverns and stuff. But of course, above you is not a cloudless sky, but just, you know, the dirt and stone. All right, I relay the, uh, yep. that word that, Polly from Polly and Andy's is in need mm -hmm. of help. Uh, yes, if they're looking for someone to rename their stores, then I am not stepping forward again. Well, again, you've you've done it before. That's my job here. Weren't you paying to the last session? That is exactly <laughs> what my job is here. I <laughs> named things. The sleigh more? That was all me. Yes, yeah, and, that, that was on, on you, unfortunately. Yeah. And as, as soon as you say that, you see the tavern keeper who's picking himself up and he just hold, he's just rubbing his elbow. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that. Uh, there's been some contention because you, uh, no offense, but. I, I put my, I'm sorry, I put my blade on top of the bar and just look at him. Yes? No, no, this isn't me. This isn't me that's saying this, but a few, <laughs> there's a, a few places you've called. You've all called the Slaymore with different spellings, and it's still very confusing. Not me, <laughs> but they've all been, three people at places called the Slaymore with different spellings. Nope, nope. My naming algorithm is slaying it. So, it's Slaymore, nope. Slaymore with two O's and Slaymores with three O's. I must warn you, my ethical code states that if someone complains to me three times, I will have to duel them. I'm so. not complaining. I'm relaying a message. I am now making an executive decision. <laughs> Relaying is going to be considered complaining. Fine, sorry, I didn't say anything. Okay, Jesus. Okay, now let's go to this. What would Paul, Paula, and Andy's place? Where's Slaymore with three zeros. <laughs> <laughs> where, where is this thing located? You guys do know that a little off from the Slayer, the Slayer Alley. You guys are in. You go uh, it, down a couple of blocks, and then there's a a small grate that you can go to the underground. The underground. Not exactly the most uh, dignified area for a slayer, but I suppose if that's the job. It would appear to be. What about you two? Do you, are you up for this? I'm not exactly in the mood to go stomping around the underground like a common sewer rat. Or as we call them here, slayer rats. And you hear the bar taverners like, you named that too. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> Also, you see James, who is, in fact, basically dressed in rags from head to toe, as I remember describing him earlier, and probably those rags stained with all sorts of stuff. Yes, of course. No, I would never be caught dead going down the underground. I mean, oh, no, what will happen to my outfit if I do? Mm -hmm. And he turns to the bartender, by the way, can you keep this behind the jar, kind of like uh, behind the bar and, and, and shoves out the, the jar with the uh, don't open it. It just needs a week. Uh, uh, all right. I mean, it's is it alive? It's moving. So it's getting pickled, but it already has a pickle. Well, yes, that's 
It takes time. Have you never pickled a thing? Do you not know how to pickle things? Bar I have plenty of pickles. I can give you a pickle if you want to pickle something. Yes, it has a pickle because that's what it should aspire to. <laughs> the next person that says pickle will get dueled. There's a silence. And then from the tentacle here. <laughs> I don't see book. you in don't, don't, pickles. Don't fall for his provocation. It's a wily one. <laughs> <laughs> And you see the tavern keeper just just holding the, the, the fucking bottle with a tentacle in it and putting it in the back. Well, if I had to be honest, I would not say that I thought that my night would uh, end in uh, the sewers of this fine city, but I wouldn't say that my night began in this uh city's fun sewers and i believe that's where we find ourselves our night has had no such attributes no such qualities to even consider itself unique but now it seems that we have ourselves uh if i may and he looks conspiratorially around with eyebrows Reaching to and fro. An adventure. You hear groans from every other slayer inside of the bar. Uh, uh, that's going to be good audio. And you, and you definitely see, I mean, Dan, you clearly see the tentacle. Just bob ahead and just shame mm-hmm. at that joke. <laughs> so I'm, I'm all on board for an adventure. Ugh. Well, let's just get this over with. I have a long night day of naming tomorrow, and I would hate to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> I love this through life. <laughs> you're, you're just naming. <laughs> okay. All right. Listen, so you- I was the first one in this block, so I get to name everything. I mean, the room. <laughs> now let's go through the sleigh door down the sleigh street, <laughs> cut into the sleigh alleyway, and make sure to get lost in the blades in the dark. <laughs> This <laughs> meta way to to force a game into another game. I love it. <laughs> so you guys leave leave the Slayer while go through the Slayer streets, past the Slayer stalls, and go out into the wider district. You thankfully did not name a couple. Go a couple of blocks. Oh, see- it's it, one day. <laughs> I, I squint as I walk by, like the water owner, and he squints. He claims <laughs> that he was here first. <laughs> we know. We know it's literally Cthulhu. (laughs) As I'm walking by squinting at him, my hair slowly turns gray, (laughs) but I don't blink. (laughs) You go down, uh, uh, go down an alley and you see a large grate that you open up and you see stairs leading down that, you know, is one of the passages into the underground. You head down and here's the thing. There aren't really sewers. In the districts, people do, do leave waste down there, but the waste seems to just disappear as a nature of this place, which most people are thankful for because they and that's America <laughs> because they remember, don't remember that waste used to be a problem in wherever they came from. But I guess here it isn't. And eventually uh, you go down a couple of passages and the patches widen up into a sort of district underneath the main district, what this particular main district and it goes to a wider, darker world. There's still, of course, places where people live, although the houses look a little dingier. There are, of course, places where people can shop. Of course, uh, these, those places occasionally have security. You know, this is the places where the more 
criminal elements of this particular district hang out. There's probably protection rackets and stuff. And there's barely any people around, at least in this particular area, as you go in. And you figure out there's a reason for that. Because this particular part you went in is apparently a good place for what at least some people believe is a good place to grab perhaps some tourists who just wanted to see the dangerous underground. I bet I could get a souvenir. At least that's what you assume the, the six individuals that step in front of you as they walk, turn a corner, say in front of you, men and women, all of them not in rags, but also, but not particularly well dressed, obviously a bit dirty, but all of them seem to be carrying some sort of knives or metal pipes. And one of them, a largest man, steps before he was like, steps in front of you. That's some uh, good stuff all of you seem to have on you. Jayla, just like she, she'd been, you know, observing something else, looking very nonchalant. And she just raises her eyebrows and looks up at him and just like, excuse me. I said, that's some good stuff you got on you. It is indeed. And um, while I really appreciate the the brooding and um, uh, threatening vibe that you're going for, I'm going to have to ask you to take it somewhere else. Hashtag me too. That <laughs> <laughs> I could, but. Okay, thank me- you. <laughs> Jayla's just going to try to keep walking. He raises a hand and four of the six, like step in front of you. Or, and this is a second option, because, you know, it's finding someplace else is just a trial for me, honestly. No offense. I'm just I'm just a lazy man. That's 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 on me. That's on me. But all of you seem to have a bunch of stuff. And I'm going to say no offense to any of you. Oh, my God. I just realized something. I never decided on a name for a cluster of criminals. They are a slaying of criminals. Perfect. Um, well, let's just move along, shall we? And I pull out my blade and I get in position because I, I know where this is going. Your right hand. Oh, of course. And I move it to my right hand. No, not you. And I look at the uh, the thug talking to, um, <clears throat> sorry, talking to Jayla. Your right hand. Your right hand's got a cut along the long side up to the thumb from the wrist tells me that you're a street fighter holding your hand up to be cut so you don't want your face to have the wound but your step with a lightness on your left foot tells me that you've run and pulled that hamstring one too many times the man around you and the women all your people oh they're they're hungry. They want a chance to step up and have your position. And uh, you think that they have your back. And boy, oh, they see your back. But they don't have it. My friend here? Oh, he's got a blade that thirsts for blood. Not nearly as bad as the man who wields it. And that Lady, that you are so disrespecting my even putting up your hands. Well, she 
she's tasted that kind of blood. She's been there. And she will be there again. And the rest of us, we will be haunted by the nightmares of what happens. We don't want that. They, they do. The people at your back, oh, they do. Because they will run when they see what happens to you if you do not put your hand down and just let us pass. Because I can tell you, there is a limit to what the mind can conceive of what we so charitably call violence. Give me a negotiate role. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think it'd be easier if we just kill them. <laughs> on me, I suppose. This is what happens when I'm in my desk job too long. I got a three. He, he looks at you behind my back, which means like he looked. I mean, this is a great, great speech. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I, right. I don't know how this game works. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He looks at shocked at what you just said. He's like, yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't show weakness in front of them. Roll your speed. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I got a uh, advantage of 10. 10? I'm sorry, okay. nine, nine. Nine. I rolled, still I rolled an damn. eight and a nine. Is that how advantage works? You roll two and uh, yeah, pick the, the highest. One? Yep. Yep. Yes. So you got to roll. You rolled a nine. Okay. Angela? Uh, six. Six. And I got a three. Six. Okay. That's a three. That's a three. So top of the round, Mercutio. Yeah, Mercutio is going to. You just... see in front of you six. Uh, there's the leader in front, and behind them uh, looks like five of the thugs. Great. I'm just going to go for the leader. Why not? Okay. Uh, he wanted to prove something, so I'm going to step forward. Just, just so you're aware, you are in uh, near range. There's three rangers in this game. So there's far, near, and engaged. Okay. What does that mean? So basically, uh, in order to go from, say, near to engage, which is for melee for you, would co- require an action, a move action. And you get two actions per turn. Great. I'm going to charge the man then. And that takes one action. Okay. And I'm going to a slash at him. And this is an attack action. Roll it. And it- since this is my first attack action, I get to go roll with advantage. Yes, you do. And I got a nine. That definitely hits. A quick action. What's that? A quick action is another form of action you can take. And your quick action, each character has their own quick action abilities. Uh, for example, for you, is changing fighting stance. So you can use an action to do a quick action if you wanted to. Okay, but I don't want to do that because I only have one action right now. Because I had to move uh, forward. Yeah, so actually, we never established what your fight, current fighting stance is. But I'm going to say, uh, you know what? I'm going to make it fun. Uh, your current stance is on flow. So that movement you did is a free, already a free action. Okay. So you can still have your two actions left. Great. I'm going to slash him twice. You're going to slash him twice. Okay. So my first attack, I get to roll 1d6 uh, twice. Uh, yeah, that's your weapon dice. Yeah, 1d6. So okay. the first, so roll the first one. So I got uh, advantage would be a five. Okay, that hits. So you take he takes two damage. Ah! And, then, and then the next one is a six. That's another hit, another two, uh, two damage. Great. So he just gets a, a quick slash across the chest and then one along the chin. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Next up is Angela. I am going to use my spray lead action on this leader dude. Okay. 
And uh, I'm going to use three of my bullets. Okay. And let's see. So two hit for two damage. Two two damage each? No, to- okay. two damage total. Okay, two damage total. So that's a total of six. Uh, you see, uh, the rest of you see. First off, uh, Marshall comes in with two slashes. And the guy steps back. There's these X, literally X marks on his chest. And in the center of that X come in two bullets, one after the other. And he stares there in shock. There's a small hole in his chest that goes out and goes through his back. And he topples to the ground, dead. Nice. Well, I suppose we're going to find out if my theory is correct. <laughs> and now it is, well, the bandit leader is dead. And the speed of the regular bandits is, let me get the exact speed. I know what it is, but yeah, is three. So you two go first, uh, Dan mm-hmm. and David. What do you guys want to do before these guys? There's five of them left. You're, you're, you're much faster than me by default, so I'm going to let yep. you go first. Mm-hmm. Yep. Greg turns around draws a blade and a pistol i don't know if i have that on my person you do, you do. Mm-hmm. yeah okay draws a blade and a pistol walks over to the dead body of the leader steps on it and holds a gun to the dead body's head and says i can execute an already dead man or i can make a few more dead men Negotiate with advantage. So roll twice, pick the higher. Okay. I would like to change, by the way, uh, my, my, my dice, because I didn't know negotiate was what, what I would be rolling. So <laughs> just uh, so, so just so, so we're clear. So you want to make that D8? Uh, don't, your don't re- no, sorry, that's your pool. That's your pool, dude. Don't re-roll any of those. <laughs> right, right, right. Sorry. No sorry. problem. No problem. Okay, so. <sighs> Really need to find my uh, D6 pool. <laughs> um, whatever, D6. So you No, wait, so you wanted to change your negotiate to your D8 now instead of D6s? Um, well, let's see how I roll. All now. right. But you have to change one of it's, yeah, it's the middle of combat. I'm yeah, not okay. switching around. Fair. My, okay, we can do it after. You can replace fair. your own rolls with those. Those are for allies. Yeah, yeah, only allies. Got a five. But All you right. Made it. They, look at sh- they look at you. They look at your gun. They look at the dead, their dead, now dead leader. And they sprint away. <gasps> That's what I thought. I not believe that word. <laughs> Holy shit. Do you see how many of them there were? Oh, fuck. They were like, ants. I thought there were going to be more coming from the fucking the, the, the walls. God damn. You don't kill. Did you? You killed him. He looks down. You killed him. But He's I mean, dead. really, one could argue that I killed him and she merely just decorated the corpse. That's you, also something you, that we could say. We're not describing concerns about description. You both killed him. You, he done dead. You could have. Yes. You, you could have just shot the gun out of his hand or the what the weapon out of his hand, right? Right, like you did. I could, or you could have talked him down, or could have like you know cut his cheek. Jesus Christ! You done killed him. He's dead. What do we do with the body? We, we don't do anything. I mean. This is just life and how it is. I mean, I understand that you are more of a pacifist, and I do respect that. But 
you know, the blade's got to feed. And, well, it's been fed. I say as I sink the blade down in the guy's gut one more time. I just said that to sound scary. I thought it sounded scary as mm-hmm. shit. Oh, oh, my God. You're actually a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Oh, my well, I'm God. Not, no, no. A psychopath would mean I have no emotions. I'm more of a sociopath. I would mean, I Okay. Thank you. Oh, no, that's fine. No, it's not. Oh, my God. Let's, I actually don't really actually know It actually is very important to him that you use the right the right term he he picked it out himself That's yes, see, fair. i, I do want... i do have emotions right now and i do have a very uh important lesson in morality clause throughout this entire endeavor but um i just don't use them on people and to him i don't really view him as a person i mean he was an obstacle and i won so in a way this is good news he was also given ample time to not be in the way of my gun that's what she told me. I'm not allowed to kill him unless I give them ample time. And I gave him ample time. I am. I will kill the man who says I did not give him ample time. <laughs> Is that right, Jayla? Am I allowed doing that? Uh, okay. You gave him ample time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, wait. How embarrassing. If I don't look like I'm looking through his pockets, people assume I'm doing this for fun. Sorry. <laughs> And I, I, I pat his pockets down, making like a not even a good natured effort to try to find anything because this guy is probably just has nothing. If you're literally not looking, you don't you personally don't find anything because you're just you're you're psycho psychopathic and you're you just kind of casually tapping sociopathic him. sociopathic. You're, sorry, I apologize. Please, you're just you're missing. No, <laughs> ah, damn, he's he's clean, guys. Let's go. <laughs> Why does this blade thirst for so much blood? <laughs> All right, well, I'll let you. Um, brave violent uh uh, uh, person go ahead go ahead please take a point if i may go ahead and i start walking forward and just uh, whistling and occasionally i say tourist incoming completely helpless (laughs) and he's just that's when i go through the pockets of the dead guy and uh, no need to roll for this you actually no no need to roll for this you don't find anything of worth because he was just a Worthless ba- bandit with a family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you find pictures of that. Set. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. no. He, he was just a guy who was trying to rob a couple of people that at first glance looked like tourists because he didn't recognize the dangerous people in front of him. I don't give a shit about his history. <laughs> Does he have shit in his pocket? Some gold. So he has some currency. Yes. Dope. I take it. Yeah, you do. All yeah. right. As, yeah. as the group turns to walk away, in the meantime, the camera shows uh, James, who was just out of sight, yeah. kind of behind everything, standing there, like covered in a black aura, like <laughs> corruption dripping <laughs> from his fingers, as like whispers. <laughs> 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 Oh, it's over. <laughs> and kind of shakes his fingers off the corruption splashing on the ground and seeping into the, the ground as his eyes uh, go back from black to normal. Right, right, uh, c- coming, coming. Yep. And as. Uh... <laughs> As you guys walk off, the corruption doesn't wholly go into the ground. It sort of pulls up and goes towards the corpse. And none of you see as various clawed-like hands come from the black group, grab the body, and slowly dig into the ground. Fine. <laughs> I mean, corruption needs to be fed. Yes. Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah. And you guys walk through. Uh, despite your callings out that you are helpless tourists over and over again, some people, for whatever reason, find that suspicious and don't attack you along the way. <laughs> whatever just, works just like brooklyn just walking down the streets like helpless tourist here helpless so helpless everyone's like do not approach that man and eventually yeah there's out. like there's wanted posters with my man that says man not helpless 
(laughs) (laughs) Apparently, I come down here for vacations. (laughs) I never play like a sociopath. I'm excited about this. Do it. Yeah, get in. And uh, you you go down a couple of streets, go down a corner. And like I said, the underground is uh, slightly less safe than the above ground. But for whatever reason, the individuals that might harass you don't. Uh, and the streets are relatively clear because most people, most people know to stay inside at most times. And you go into, a, you see in front of you a large, large, at least wide, but only one story shop that has a, a large sign that says PNA. Not the name I would use. <laughs> I look towards uh, Jayla and then towards Greg. Is that right, uh, David? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg, and then just wave my bloodied sword towards the door as if, like, it's all you, buddy. And then I kind of look at my sword, sigh, and then start cleaning it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Thank you, sir. Uh, I'll be in right now. Um, and Greg wanders up to uh, Jayla, holds out a uh, gentlemanly arm, says, Madam, uh, if you will. Jayla looks suspicious and skeptical, but she takes his arm. Uh, he I nods think... and like blushes a little bit and then smiles. What did you say, to, uh, uh, Billy? Um, and Mercurio is just going to lay on the front porch and just, you know, just kind of play with his sword a little bit. And he's going to leave this talking to you guys. Uh, he's here for the killing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Jam- uh, and is James, uh, Dan? Yeah, James, James, James is, will also be hanging back. He's not known for his, uh, you know, his skill with, with people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it might, might be the corruption that drifts from him like a living thing. Oddly so, enough, mm-hmm. people both think we're creepy. I don't know. It's, you know, people, people can be so judgmental. <laughs> so you step right. through the door and you go into a, a place that out of all of them, Jayla, you'll be most interested in. Around you are looks like various knickknacks of the technological nature various devices some of them sparking with electricity of various forms that you know come from various perhaps districts that were probably sold to this shop for whatever reason or probably found or taken who knows this is as far as you can tell from a quick glance is obviously some sort of pawn shop but one specializing in tech found around as you know with the nature of the districts when new districts appear they some of them are some would say fantasy in nature others are more technological in nature this specializes in the technological aspects of weird strange tech that at first glance most of them you can't identify and no one remembers how they work because when they transport through they're like what is this thing in front of me hmm. but that's and as you cross in uh you see uh in this ship working on an object and talking to a customer the customer the, the customer themselves is a large poorly man but the person talking to them that you know is obviously the owner of the store talking behind a counter is a shortish uh woman with long hair a darkish skin with features that if this was the actual world would be indian mm. and and she's like I, I'm, I told you again i don't exactly know what the device does but i'm pr- but from testing we know that it at least causes a ma- an electrical current that could power something that's so that's why i that's the high price because things that power things is high value so we can't i say again we can't give you a discount on it even though it's a little scuffed and the guy goes like i'm just i'm just saying i'm just saying i see a scratch on it so that's like half off isn't it and that's an argument you see in front of you 
Uh, um, Jayla looks to to Greg. And Greg looks to Jayla. Um, so fight or talk? Uh, I, I, I honestly, I'm kind of out of my element here. This looks like a bandit's retreat for aggression. I mean, I there there is. I'm not going to just shoot a potentially disgruntled customer and you in her, the back. And you that's hear from the customer. That's why you're not a shop owner. And that's why you hear from. And then you hear from the customer. Why don't you show me your manager? All right. Excuse me. <laughs> <clears throat> and you hear, I'm the owner. And he's like, you don't look like an owner. Oh, load your weapon. <laughs> as soon as I hear, like, as soon as she says, like, the guy says, I want to speak to your manager. You just see from the outside, my character sits up as if something's tingling. <laughs> then he slowly settles back down. Uh, and my character saunters up and leans against the counter with one arm jauntily and looks up at the man. Excuse me, I am I'm dealing with this person in front of me right now. And right now I'm dealing with you. So it seems like you're dealing with me because I'm right in front of you. See, the uh, woman across the counter is uh, entirely across the counter. But you and me share about a half a foot of air. So uh, I guess you're dealing with me. I understand you are looking for the manager. Are you the manager? Well, that entirely depends. What is your concern about this fine establishment? I thought so. And he looks at the at the woman. I knew you were a manager. You didn't look like a manager. And he looks points directly at looks at directly at you. Motherfucker, if I <laughs> told you I was the manager, I would have said it right now. Now you will look at her and you will listen to her answer because <laughs> you got not just one woman to worry about, but two. Two. The one in front of you and the one behind. He looks behind him. What does he see? Angela? Uh, he sees uh, Jayla uh, casually holding her, her six shooter, just kind of like tossing it from hand to hand. Does not look like proper gun safety, <laughs> but looks rather intimidating. Negotiate with advantage. Roll right. ADA twice. Me or her? No, sorry. Uh, you, Dad. David. <laughs> you sound like you're the grandmother. One, you're the one talking. <laughs> Steve, Charles, Sarah, David. Jesus, I got there eventually. <laughs> All right, so it's the D6? D8. Because, D8. You, you, because of the negotiate role. Uh, yes, thank you very much. Nope. I got a two. You, <laughs> you, you, advantage, you have advantage. You have advantage. Wow. Listen, you punks. Do you know who I am? I, I know half the gangs in this goddamn undercity. And if you think you can mess with me, I'll have every gang member come in here and rob this store blind. That just feels really unnecessary and does not feel like a um, proper response here. Um, you're the one that's being the asshole, buddy. All right, fine. And he turns and tries to walk out the door. I take a look at the uh, the shopkeeper to see whether she would like him to just walk out the door with that threat or if uh, uh, she might wish um, for th things to be handled with lead. Why don't you give me a study? Yeah, give me a study roll. Tell me what it's like to roll normally. <laughs> yeah. Tell me like what it's like. It's been so long since the David Dice curse <laughs> has affected me. <laughs> 
Oh, oh but it's back with the yeah. <laughs> I rolled a six. Six? Look at you. you look at her eyes as he walks away, and with a six, I mean, he, she looks, uh, there is a clear look of fear in her eyes as he starts to walk out that door. All right. Sorry, so you say she, he, like. Sorry, so the, the, the person behind the counter, the one behind the okay, counter. Okay, thank you. Yep. Yeah. Allegedly the shop owner, but that remains yeah. to be <laughs> yep. to be seen. All right. Um, Jesus, it says that my attack action is spray lead. Does that yes. mean like I am incapable of throwing a punch? Like, does everything have to be met <laughs> with the gun? <laughs> not everything has to be met with the gun. I will let you say you but throw a punch. It's, I mean, it's nice funny if it does. Yeah, I will say if you want to throw a punch instead, you'll have to you'll have to roll your D6. You have to D6 for you, right? With disadvantage because your mastery is not with the gun, with the fist is with the gun. All right. When would I use brawn then? Because my oh, sorry, brawn right. is fucking dope. You know what? I'll look brown. A brown makes more sense. You're right. So brown. I'll let you use brown for this. Excellent. Brown, yeah. Roll of brown. My uh, my goal is to grab him by the collar and just strong right hook across the face. Do it. <laughs> Love See. it. Eight. Oh, not only do you just grab him by color, you grab him by the color with one hand. Okay. Now, I'm assuming your character is your character relatively short. Like, what's your height of your character? Yeah, she's uh, she, she was described as stocky. So, yeah, so she's yeah, like five foot five, two ish. She, she's me. So but- you see this dwarven okay. woman grab <laughs> him by the collar, raise him up with one hand and slam him against the uh, against the wall dun, and, dun, look, dun. <laughs> and look up at this large six foot five man. With one hand. And what do you say? Oh, God, I should say something badass. <laughs> um, that should be your quote. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah. It's like, OK, yeah. Your... So I'm, I'm holding him against the wall. It's like. Imagine I said something really witty here. Kabam. <laughs> but I'm a... just whispering it between him and I. Nobody else hears. I just like look really intimidating. Oh. I'm like. I want this you to was roll- really scary for you. I <laughs> love it. I want you to either roll for me and negotiate or street. You know what? No, fuck it, because this is what you're doing. I want you to roll a brawl with advantage. Oh, boy. All right. Let's see. You know fuck it. We are technically in combat right now. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't know this. Com- I honestly like if there was a combat, he'd be dead. So don't roll it. Oh, OK. I rolled a 10. What? With that punch, you not only broke his nose, but you're pretty sure you gave him a concussion. You done bruised his children. He's, he's like, <laughs> you, he like you him, his nose is broken, not just broken, it's flattened against his face. And his head slams against the back and his eyes are obviously woody. His, eye, his eyes are going over like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm peace. I'm, I never, I, I just, you, you are protect your friends. I never, I am not saying anything. I, you, I, I will buy, I will buy anything in the store. I will buy anything. And you hear, as soon as he says that, you hear the, the woman behind the gun like, well, there are some items on this side pointing at what looks like the biggest and most likely the most expensive stuff. Could you buy all of this? And he looks there in shock and he looks at you at the woman who basically bashed his faces. Uh, oh, I have the money. It's going to happen. Definitely. I, I let me, let me, I, I got, I have people. They'll, they'll get it right now. I, I swear to, I swear, I swear. And you, you believe him because you're all the time. You believe him. This guy's terrified right now. Yep. I, all the things will be bought. And he's also not speaking properly because properly because concussion. Mm-hmm. But things will be bought. Yes. Do you still let him go or do you still keep him? Yeah, with I'll, yeah I'll let him go. Now. Yeah, yeah. He he you let him go and he 
he for a split second is on his two feet before he tumbles to the ground and gets quickly back up. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get some people. To, uh, uh, sorry, I. Uh, this is a great shop. You know what? Protection money is for your protection. You don't need to pay for the money anymore, but you still have protection because this is a protected shop. And uh, and then he sprints away. The door opens and closes, but before it closes, you hear uh, Mercutio say, oh, he's bleeding. Oh, no, I missed <laughs> out. He looks at you terrified. He's like, oh, you're with her. And he runs up down the street. Ah, <laughs> a, a long-suffering side. Then the door closes. It's all right. You'll murder the next one. <laughs> they say that every time, but they eventually the bodies run out. Yeah. Hey, everybody! This is Billy from Fanable Podcasting Network. Thank you so much for listening. We loved having you here. If you want to follow more of Fanable's crazy hijinks, go to our Twitter or Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at Fanable. Or at Facebook at Fandable. I know, we're creative like that. If you would like to do more uh, and support us, please feel free to go to our Patreon and donate. Uh, your donations help us go to cons, buy materials, and just keep our radio equipment working. Thank you so much, and remember, the Ink Monster wants to eat you!